0: Lead us they lead oh lead us they read oh lead us they lead and they read ree dee they us they lead oh lead us they lead lead us they lead and lead us they read lead us they lead and leaders they leaders they lead us they read welcome back to this episode of leader's lead leader's read our book selection today is "Lessons on Leadership by Terror: Finding Shaka Zulu in the Attic." I know, it's a mouthful. The author is Dr. Manfred Ketz- DeVries. This is my Southern United States translation. I hope I haven't butchered his name too terribly. About the book. now, this book is called "Lessons on Leadership by Terror." Dr. de DeVries uses the life, the history. In the environmental context of Shaka Zulu to explain the culture, the ingrained nature, and the impact of terror. There's a challenge to introspection and many lessons from the terrifying examples of Shaka Zulu's leadership. The African culture and Shaka Zulu's story translate easily into our varied exposures to leaders who were also tyrants, despots, dictators, fear mongers, and terrors. Terror leaders use fear as a tool to get others to achieve their goals. Terror leaders can be charismatic and manipulative and know the kind of people to target to move their agenda forward. Dr. Kester his specialty is leadership through the lenses of organizational change. His background is in economics, management, and psychoanalysis. To his credit are 20 books as an author, co-author, and editor 200 scientific papers and articles, and he has worked as a consultant to the US, Europe, Canada, Africa, and also companies in Asia. This book explores Dr. Ketzdevries' interest in despotic leaders. He said that Shaka Zulu, quote, established one of the most successful regimes based on terror that's ever existed, end quote. There are three themes to this book with the life and the leadership of Shaka Zulu used as a case study. Theme number one is what drives despots? Theme two, what makes for totalitarian societies? And three, human nature's capacity for a hidden Shaka Zulu. And so it's telling us, many of us, about the life and the... Leadership and the cultural context of Shaka Zulu, with which many of us may have little to no familiarity. But then, as you read this book, you're drawn in to the universality of toxic leadership and how some of the things that were done to Shaka Zulu in his young life for training and then things he implemented when he came into leadership on his own. We will see some common ties, maybe. We will see some things that look familiar to our own experience with toxic leaders. This book is arranged in four parts. Part one is the historical context with the first three chapters. Part two is the question of character covering the next five chapters part three the next two chapters covers leadership by terror and then the final section part four destruction of totalitarianism these are the final two chapters of the book what I'd like to do to kind of give you an idea of lessons on leadership by terror is give you a little description of one chapter out of each section so we'll begin with chapter 1 in part 1 on the historical context that covers the life of Shaka Zulu in the context of the Zulu culture. Chapter 1 is called A School for Tyranny: Learning from Hardship, Betrayal, and Humiliation. And Dr. ketz gives us gives us this formula that the tale of Shaka Zulu follows. He endured significant adversities. He was expelled or exiled from his clan he performed heroic deeds that saved his people from disaster eventually he he was recognized triumphantly as their leader and then this all set the stage for a life of glory so this first chapter gives us a history lesson and a cultural lesson on Shaka Zulu's upbringing from the tribal norms childhood trauma and subsequent memories built him as a terrorizing leader Shaka Zulu chose a man who was not his father to train him and his final test was a successful coup so that he inherited status and leadership in section two on the question of character the five chapters in this section deal with the internal life of a terror leader and how they take that inner life and act it out in their relationships there's a chapter on paranoia on and Dr. Kestavries calls paranoia the disease of kings, where they exercise caution beyond the bounds of danger. The chapter I'd like to highlight is chapter eight, and it's called The Terrorist Mind Protecting the Self by Victimizing Others. And in this chapter, Dr. Kestavries gives a kind of checklist on terror leadership from a psychological perspective. Let me go on record right now as saying. I am not a psychological expert, so I'm not going to delve into those aspects. But I do want to share a couple of the characteristics of terror leadership that protects itself by victimizing others. The first one, quite simple. Terror leaders look out for number one. Terror leaders are only interested in themselves. They do everything in the interest of self-preservation. Number two, some narcissism and suspicion are noticeable in terror leaders. They just cannot believe that people make genuine attempts at connection. And so that gives us a little bit of insight into this terrorist mind. In part three, Leadership by Terror, Dr. gets into those who lead and those who are led. And there are two chapters in this section. Chapter 9 is Following the Leader, Colluding in Cruelty. But I'd like to emphasize Chapter 10, Lessons in Leadership, Teaching by Example and Omission. Now, depending on your interest when you read this book or your scholarly expertise, your research background, that will all depend on what you find most significant in this book. Because my dissertation research primarily focused on toxic leadership, I was so taken in by Chapter 10. Leadership by omission. We know that we learn a lot of what to do in leadership by bad examples. We have been working with leaders. We have worked under leaders whose examples were so poor that from them we learned what not to do. And that's the point of chapter 10, that we see what Shaka Zulu's mistake was. And the chapter goes into detail about that mistake and then pulls from it the positive alternative that we can use learning by the opposite example. So Shaka Zulu's leadership style is not one that we should emulate, but we can definitely learn from it. I have four significant positive lessons they're not all there are many more in this chapter but uh, I just want to make note of four one the power of clear and concise vision where the leader has a plan for the people and has a plan for the organization two the importance of a leader who empowers subordinates without stringent penalty, giving people enough room to try their hand at leadership, to be responsible, uh, to share some of the load, some of the duty and giving them a chance to succeed. Often we factor in failure at a high mark, but maybe sometimes it goes ignored that we really are giving people a chance to succeed, not to fail. Third, be a good example. This is a function of transformational leadership, and we'll get into some transformational leadership books later on. But being the kind of person that a subordinate can follow, being a good example. And then finally, holding people accountable with measurable goals and not extreme expectations. And so that leads us to... Uh, The suggestion that terror leaders have the bar so high that no one can reasonably reach it. And so the lesson we learn is to, yes, have a system of accountability, but with goals that are realistic, goals that are actually attainable. Let's set our people up for success. In the final part of the book, part four, the deconstruction of totalitarianism book focuses on how to keep totalitarian leaders from gaining power chapter 11 discusses the tools of tyranny i'm highlighting the final chapter of the book chapter 12 it's called dancing with vampires preventing tyranny through effective governance so the final chapter of the book is where dr Kestavries exhorts us to good government using our powers for good if you will And including the people, the subordinates in the vision toward against narcissism, where we create this kind of organizational culture that empowers everyone to see if they see something, say something, to call out narcissistic tendencies, to call out the small foxes that could destroy the whole operation over time if people just cower down. So who would need this book? It is scholarly. It is pretty heady. It's very involved in detail. Um, I think if you're a history buff, you're going to love this book. A history buff on Africa, African warriors, on war, on biographies. You would enjoy, I believe, lessons on leadership by terror. Then if you are a leader if you're a leader to leaders if your thing is leadership then this book will offer great insight into the motives and the impacts of terror leadership there are different labels for bad leadership in our surface discussions and that's part of why this platform is so important to me because it's bigger than good or bad leadership the, the umbrella of bad leadership is pretty broad and there's much to cover and finally anyone who wants to know what not to do this is a good reference book for your library now be advised be warned this is not pleasure reading <laughs> this is not an easy read um, i would not binge read this book but i would definitely pick it apart in sections as needed and really spend time reflecting on the content. Dr. Kestavri's devotes that thorough chapter 10 to lessons by omission, direct examples of what Shaka Zulu accomplished by terror that you and I might be able to accomplish in a more ethical and positive way. There are several contexts for the leadership methods of Shaka Zulu. And when I read this book, I thought of bad bosses and experiences that left a bad taste in my mouth where I worked. I believe, though, that whoever reads this book, there are a few things that are guaranteed to happen. One, we will come to understand, at least in part, why the terror leaders of our personal experience acted the way they did. Two, we will define or further define our philosophy of leadership. Sometimes those lessons of what not to do from an experience from a leader help us craft such a principled philosophy of leadership and third we will gain an acute awareness of our effect on others we will become less toxic (laughs) reading a book like this removes our blind spots to our own potential for toxicity i enjoyed the book overall the dense passages that i had to read with the dictionary and the easier more narrative parts Dr. Kestavri's provides the information you need when it comes to understanding terror leadership. We need not necessarily. We don't need a knowledge of Shaka Zulu, a knowledge of African history or culture, or even to be well studied in leadership. This book is like a course in itself. So if you are aware of Shaka Zulu, of African history and culture, or if you are well studied in leadership, I would imagine that your reading and your knowledge exchange with this book would be enhanced. When I started this book, Lessons on Leadership by Terror, I was completely unlearned about Shaka Zulu. And this was the book that opened my eyes to my dissertation topic. It greatly uh, influenced my writing and my research. So I I just know that if you get your hands on it, you're going to enjoy this book. Lessons on Leadership by Terror, Finding Shaka Zulu in the Attic. The principal sponsor for the Leaders Lead Leaders Read podcast is the Center for Legacy Driven Leadership, a company focused on preparing emerging leaders. The Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership offers curriculum development, leader training and development, along with knowledge-sharing events. The Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership, ever preparing to pass the torch. Leaders, oh, they lead. Leaders, oh. They read leaders. Oh, they lead leaders. Oh, they read.